Man, I should paint that. That's a painting waiting to happen. My goodness. Good morning, everybody. I'm gonna paint some clouds over here. Maybe put a little happy tree over here. What's up, Vinny? You are first, my friend, and Paul McLean. Good morning, and Daniel Connolly. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Benjamin Tucker. Good morning, right back to you, Lamb Chop. Lisa Connor with the morning buttercup. What's up, Linda Murphy and Gary Krasinski, and Bill Augerman, Stephen Lowry, uh, Ursula Morrissey. Good morning to you, Randy New. We've been on a bad run here at the ocean. Uh, we got a lot of wind. A lot of storms. I wanted to calm down. I want to like go out there on the uh, on the sand and do the live stream. That would be wonderful. You would never leave the beach. Well, <laughs> it's all fun and games until winter hits, and then you want to leave. Every year we got pipes that freeze. We got uh, guys that have to come here with that industrial shit to defrost our pipes, so we can flush our turlets. Uh, it's not fun and games, man, when January hits. You can squeeze it out till January. We've done a lot of New Year's out here. But after that, man, it's, uh, it's not as glorious as you would think. And this house is winterized, but man, the wind comes howling through every single crack it could find. Have I ever thought about leaving this state? If it was up to me, I would I would move very, very far away. Just far away. I would live on top of a mountain, way up high, so I could see everyone coming. And I would just film sunrises and sunsets and turn this on, and that would be a happy life. Don't move to LA either, Nick Luca. No fucking way. Although if I lived in LA, I would I would live kind of near Matt Farah. Down near the uh, the beach, the ocean. You know, I like that Venice Beach area. Um, but I would I wouldn't just live in L.A. proper. Hell, fucking no. I would have to be near the water. That was the one thing when I lived in Western New York. I I missed uh, missed the water and the ocean. You know, they had that great lake up there. Which one is it? Is it Erie or Ontario? I don't know because I lived in Buffalo, so that made it very confusing for me. So I'm going to go with Lake Ontario is the one if you live in Rochester, I believe. And we'd go up there and, you know, look, I'm used to growing up on Long Island. I'm used to the ocean and some really nice sand and pretty much clear water when uh, the storms aren't rolling through. And then I lived in Rochester. It was like, let's go to the beach. And then you go to Lake Ontario and you're pretty much laying in mud. And I know I'm, I'm spoiled. I get it. But it's what you know. And we, we would be laying in this, this mud sand mix with just terrible rocks all over the place. And it just wasn't the same. It, it always bummed me the hell out. Uh, but Rochester, yeah, we would we would hit Lake Ontario. Although boating on Lake Ontario, now that's a different story. That 
That rocks. When Brother Weeze used to have a boat, I would go up there. Uh, one time he almost killed me in a horrendous car accident after I signed a ridiculous deal with, uh, with WNEW. It was around 2000. We were getting uh, syndicated all over the country. And our money was going to go way, way up. And it did, actually. I signed a contract. And then I decided, let's, uh, let's go to Rochester and celebrate with Brother Weeze, you know? Because he was uh, trying to get me up there for a boat trip where we uh, leave from Rochester and take um, uh, Lake Ontario all the way across to Canada. And on the coast up there, they got just tiny, tiny little towns that you dock your boat. Really nice towns with little restaurants. And, uh, you know, the, where, you, where you docked your boat was just very festive. Everyone was in a party mood. So you almost just hung out on the boat instead of going into town, although we did that for, uh, for dinner. Uh, and he had a kick-ass boat, man. Everyone had their own room with satellite TV and air conditioning. So I'm like, hell yeah, I'll come up for a boat trip, Brother Wheeze. And then we were, uh, we were going to Wegmans on Monroe Avenue. And uh, all of a sudden, there was a lot of traffic and cars were stopped. And the guy uh, waved us through, to basically saying, you could cut in front of me to make your left turn into the uh, the parking lot. Oh, no, this we were getting... Uh, oh, sorry, really important to the story, sorry. So we went to Wegmans and we got all our supplies for the boat trip. Oh, my God, I forgot this detail. So uh, the back of his... He had one of those like pickup truck type things, hybrids. So all the groceries were in the back, in the pickup area. And then we were going to lunch. That's right, a quick lunch before we got on the boat for our big trip. And uh, we're, we're stopped. Lots of cars. Everyone's waiting for a light uh, coming in the other direction. A guy goes, hey, you can make the left turn. He's waving us through. Weez goes, thank you. And as he's waving and going, thank you, and turning left, just before we hit the actual parking lot, uh, a car going at, at least 40 miles an hour hits uh, hits the car right where I was sitting, T-boned uh, Weez's car. The whole thing went sliding sideways into a telephone pole, blew out all the fucking tires. I smashed my nose on the rearview mirror. All the airbags go off. Can't see shit. That is horrifying when the airbags go off, by the way, and I'm sure I'm not the only one, of course. And uh, all of a sudden, now we got to get the fuck out of the car because we don't know if, if, um, if it's on fire or not. I'm with my ex, and this proves I didn't really give two shits about her because I saved myself, George Costanza style. I made sure I got my ass out of the car. We's made sure he got his ass out of the car. And our girls were in the back seat fending for themselves. And then the kid is walking around this parking lot of, uh, of this, like, restaurant. And it had a really, really cheap hotel there, too, I remember. And uh, no joke, a crackhead lady walks up to the scene. She must have been in the area, obviously. She looks at the damage. There's, there's tire uh, marks leading to the telephone pole with all the tires fucking blown out. She takes one look at me. At this point, um, my nose is at least two, three times the size. I broke it. And she looks at me and she goes, Man, you look bad. <laughs> you look bad. And then Weez's first thought, because he did three tours of duty in, in uh, Vietnam, he goes, Bro, you don't look that bad. 
I think we can still do our trip. I'm shaking like a leaf. I don't know what the fuck just happened. I look behind me. All the grocery from uh, grocery, excuse me, from Wegmans are all over the street. People have stopped their cars to help pick up the groceries. Oranges are rolling this way and that way, and a lot of the stuff was uh, salvageable. They put it back in the back of the uh, the pickup. And I go, Weez, I don't know, man. I think I, I need to go to the hospital. Now my nose is like four times the size, right? And uh, he goes, brah, I don't think you look that bad. Why don't you relax? Let's go get a drink. Let's go get lunch. And then we'll figure it out. So we go inside. I'm still shaking. They all they all order some, some lunch, a light lunch. I go in the bathroom. I'm like, holy shit. I look like a hockey player at this point that just got the shit kicked out of me. Both eyes are now black and blue. And uh, I'm like, oh, my God. I had a drink. I forgot what it was. Calm down a little bit. I go, you know what, Weez? It, yeah, it's not that bad because I'm thinking we came all the way up here to Rochester for the big boat trip. Weez then calls a guy. Weez was always just calling a guy. And next thing you know, a car shows up. He leaves the wreckage. He just leaves it there. All four tires blown out. I don't think we hit the, the telephone pole officially, but we were uh, pretty close to hitting it uh, when this guy T-boned us and, and pushed us sideways. We load all the groceries, what, what's left of them, into another car, and we go to his boat. And then we had the most fantastic weekend of, uh, of our lives, man. We, we uh, took the boat all the way across Lake Ontario. Um... We stopped in the middle, I remember. We were listening to the Grateful Dead and the Allman Brothers, and we were drinking a little wine. At this point, I didn't give a fuck about my nose. I never got it checked out, by the way, and to this day, it moves up and down because uh, I guess it's separated from the cartilage or something, but it grosses people out every time I show them. And uh, I remember we stopped in the middle of Lake Ontario, and he's like, let's shower up. Let's shower up for dinner. I'm like, what, what do you mean, man? He goes, we jump in and we shower right here. So the middle of uh, Lake Ontario, all four of us just jump in. Now the boat's just floating alongside us. You know, uh, the boat could have easily floated away, but I guess he's done this before. And then his wife, I remember, she threw in like shampoo and conditioner. And we're just swimming around in the middle of Lake Ontario. We're washing our hair and getting ready for dinner. It was uh, absolutely fantastic. As the Almond Brothers are cranking, not a cloud in the sky, a beautiful blue sky above us. So there you go. That's uh, that's what I remember about lakes. <laughs> Even though I still like the ocean better, but uh, you, you can't you can't just take a, a boat on a regular day and uh, and go too far out in the ocean. You got to be really really careful. But Lake Ontario, you certainly can do that. And then I remember he had jet skis. That, this is how big his boat was. He had two jet skis just on the back. And I remember on the way home, he goes, brah, you want to do something cool? I go, yeah, man. He goes, jump on a jet ski and, uh, you know, and, and uh, go on the jet ski for about an hour by yourself in the middle of Lake Ontario. Now, you can't see land whatsoever when you're in the middle. I'm like, yeah, that sounds cool. And he takes off. He's listening to his music. And I hear fading in the background. And I purposely made sure the boat was, uh, I don't know, maybe a mile ahead of me. So now I truly felt like I was just in the middle of Lake Ontario by myself on a, on a jet ski. You want to talk about a moment of zen. You want to talk about living in the moment. I was just like in heaven doing that. I certainly missed those, um, those boat trips. We just got a little older and said, ah.
Fuck this, brah. And then he got a he got a house instead, um, a really nice little uh, little lake house, little lake house on the bay up there in Rochester, and um, and then his boat was just in dry dock. I remember like a mile or two away, and the cops. This was when I was visiting him. The cops showed up and said that they caught a couple having sex on his boat or something. And uh, I was already filming a lot of lot of stuff back then, and I uh, I was too lazy to like get out of bed and try to, you know, try to film the action or the aftermath. Did you just say the audio is low? Are you now messing with me? Audio check. One, two, three. One, two, three. Audio check. One, two, three. Anyway, um, how long have you been in radio uh, to realize that you need sound? <laughs> know what i love about this though for real absolutely no pressure no stress no toxicity it's just me and you and sometimes this works and sometimes you know what it doesn't and you know that's okay by me i was talking about stimulus checks what are you going to spend your 600 dollars on and i was talking about taxes and my radical idea which is uh to pay my fair share of taxes and if i got to pay more than my fair share of taxes then give me the option to decide where that money goes i understand the government needs uh, a bunch of money to function so okay i'll give you that tax money there you go here's yours and now you give me about i don't know maybe another 20 percent of uh, the total tax money and i decide where that goes and the first place I would I, I would go with that money is I would I would help the people around me, family members, friends, maybe some charities, and I think that would be a wonderful way to handle the tax system. I'm running for local government. Uh, Six hundred dollars is supposed to arrive today. Check your savings, checking account. Sean clearly clearly says I will absolutely be checking my uh, my accounts and if i get the six hundred dollars i will be just um passing that on to somebody else you got to do that because there are some people a lot of people that are getting help from the government that don't need the help from the government oh my goodness search online to see what the hell's going on with that really rich people getting a lot of money from the government when that money should be going elsewhere I would say it should be going to local businesses, the mom and pop places, mom and pop restaurants, and uh, small businesses. They really, really need um, the help. So, hey, Ben Perry from Lagunitas. I didn't get the first round, so I doubt I'll get it this time, Ben Perry says, all the way up there in Northern California. Uh, ben Perry was the psychopath that picked me up when I flew out to LA to do Guy Fieri's uh, grocery games. That special episode for our pal Carl Ruiz. And uh, I didn't even know Ben Perry. I, I just knew him through Carl. And I said, pick me up from the airport. And he said, okay. And I, I walked out with my bag. I'll never forget it. And he's in a big truck with this serial killer smile saying, oh, it's nice to meet you. And I'm like, I don't know if I should get in the car with this guy. <laughs> Turns out Ben Perry's a good egg, man. I like Ben Perry a lot. And we had a good weekend up there in uh, Northern California, didn't we, Ben? And Ben Perry got me to the set on time. Because the kid uh, was hanging out with all of Carl's old friends. 
a lot of the people that work on grocery games, a lot of really, really cool people. And uh, the kid had a lot of tequila because he thought the filming was going to start, I don't know, sometime during the weekend or maybe really late in the afternoon. And Ben Perry was calling my room and my phone over and over again. You remember this, Ben. And uh, the kid was up all night. And I I'm embarrassed to say, and we talked about this on the podcast. This is like the short version, but... I'm embarrassed to the, to say that the kid overserved himself, uh, having so much fun with the Food Network people and uh, all the all the celebrity chefs that appear on the show, who are all telling Carl stories, and I was uh, I was uh, puking all night, didn't sleep at all, and every time I moved my head, I was dry heaving, and Ben Purry's ringing my phone in my room and my cell phone. And then I finally picked up, and he goes, where the hell are you? Guy Fieri wants to start the show with you. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm like, well, how much time do I got? And uh, Ben said something like, you got 10 minutes. I'm on my way. And somehow, in that 10 minutes, I got out of bed, still drive heaving all the way to the shower, took a really, really hot shower, put some clothes on, and uh, jumped in Ben Perry's car. And P Ben, am I lying if I said that within 15 minutes? 15 minutes of uh, being uh, dropped off on set, I was actually live on camera? Am I lying? So I looked like hell, man. But I pulled it off. And it was a damn good time out there in Northern California at Guy Fieri's Grocery Games. Mic'd up as we parked. See, Ben Perry pulled in. They ran out. And I'm like, sorry, sorry, sorry. Because I had no idea the schedule. I thought I was out there to just have fun and maybe maybe go on the show. And Guy Fieri had this whole bit planned with me. And they're micing me up and just dragging me on set. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm in the middle of that fake grocery store. And here comes Guy Fieri coming down the aisle like, hey, brother, how are you? Like... Uh, I've been better, my friend, but uh, we'll do this. And, uh, yeah, that's that's how the story goes. Guy does rock. Guy Fieri's helping out a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, restaurants. I've done my little share. My share is very little compared to what Guy Fieri has done. And, uh, Ben, were, were you telling me that Guy Fieri's got a documentary coming out? On uh, the pandemic slash helping uh, restaurants get through this thing? I think you were telling me that, right? Yeah, I bowed. Uh, I bowed to Dave. Uh, Dave Portnoy. I think Dave Portnoy is. Yeah, he's got one of those big ego heads. But uh, it's hard to say that today because he's doing right by um, by um, by restaurants, and he's uh, he's raising a shitload of money and helping out a lot of people. So I do bow to uh, Dave from from Barstool Sports today. Absolutely. Uh, Pia says Dave is awesome. Yeah, you, you can't argue that today. I had an option to go to uh, Barstool, and uh, the deal, to be totally honest with you, this was, this was uh, how long ago was this? Shit. It was either after I left SiriusXM or after I left Westwood One. I forgot now. Uh, but my agent was uh, going back and forth with Barstool, and uh, we just couldn't uh, work it out. Because you know what? I, you know what? Because if I'm going to go back to that world, I want to make all the money. 
you know they were they were gonna just give me a basic basic uh basic cash to do a show for them and i was like yeah i think i'm better off just doing it by myself i got a name right i think i got a name still so but i wish them the best they were cool they were really really cool I hope you downloaded the latest episode of the Opie Radio podcast. Um, I knew a long time ago that the last episode of the year, I, I wanted to feature Vic Henley and all the great stuff he gave me in 2020. Even though um, he left us, I don't know what, in early April. So he barely lived in 2020. Uh, it's creepy, but he died right around Carl's birthday. And I said, God, I was listening to some of this stuff. And I'm like... He gave me so much great stuff in 2020, and he was only he was only on four episodes. So I put I put a super episode together just featuring all Vic Henley stuff, which uh, which is good and bad because I was listening to those episodes as I was driving back and forth to New York City. There's so much funny stuff in those episodes, but I wanted to just feature as much as I could of Vic. Um, so if you downloaded the episode. In the description, um, I give you the the numbers of all the episodes that I farmed from, and it's definitely worth your while if you've never heard those episodes or all of them, that you should download those episodes as well. Dick Cox tells some great stuff. Uh, Judd Jones has a couple amazing stories, uh, and I just edited all that out because I didn't want the episode to be too long, and I wanted to feature uh, Vic. I figured it would be a great way to end the year with my pal Vic Henley and on the episode um you just fucking never know so you know the one thing if you learn anything from me in these dumb live streams we throw some spirituality spirituality at you if I'm gonna get into spirituality maybe I should be able to pronounce the word uh, properly but um if, if if I teach you anything and a lot of you certainly know this you gotta just live in the goddamn moment Everyone is like working toward the future or worrying about the dumb shit that happened to them in the past. And you know what matters? Right here, right now, right here, right now. I can't wait to go and see my kids and play with them a little bit because I was busy the last couple of days. My dog's barking up there. But you know what? Right now, this is what I give a shit about. This moment right now with you. And if I teach you anything on these damn live streams, you really got to embrace that. I say that because I had no idea that I was talking to Vic Henley for the last time and I was doing it for an episode of the podcast. No idea. We're in the middle of the coronavirus or at the beginning of it, I should say. I wanted to check in with Vic. And I was kind of bummed because of the coronavirus that I had to tap out of New York City and all those great episodes we were doing at Get Parts. And I started calling my friends. And I'm like, it's time to check in with Vic. It's been a couple weeks, you know. We do a decent episode. We're just really talking. There's nothing special to it. There's a bunch of laughs and a few stories. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden he said, uh, I got to go. My niece is on the line and we've been playing phone tag. And I'm like, yeah, man, go. You know, with this coronavirus, we got plenty of time to do many more of these. And he goes, all right, buddy. And he hangs up. And uh, that that was it. He literally died a week later. I had no fucking idea. Came out of left field, man. Although a lot of people are asking about the, um, the car accident he had where a car hit him as he was crossing the street in New York City. Look, I, I, I'm not here to judge or anything, and I, I, it's none of my goddamn business, and I certainly haven't asked his brothers or his mom or his nieces anything about it, but 
me and Judd, I know, were very concerned. But it seemed like he checked out okay. I don't know. Because I had a couple phone calls with him that had nothing to do with the podcast. And he, he told me he was doing fine. So you never know. 100%, brother. Sorry for your loss. My God, we, I think we all lost a few people this year. I don't think any of us escaped that that shit. But thank you. Um, really quick, because we got a nice audience here today. A uh, brand new sponsor to the Opie Radio Podcast. When my uh, wife broke her shoulder in two places, I started searching around for some um, some food options. Something different. And I came upon HelloFresh. And I called them up. And uh, I casually mentioned that I do a podcast. And they go, oh really, what, what podcast? And I said my name. And I'm proud to say the kid still has some pull because they're like, holy shit, we know you. We'd love to advertise on your podcast. And I'm like, really? Well, I would love just to have some of your food to try. So we uh, we came together. And HelloFresh is now with the OP Radio podcast. And it's HelloFresh.com slash 10OP, promo code 10OP. And it's the number 10. Don't spell that shit out. And... Uh, yeah, HelloFresh is awesome, isn't it? I was really, really happy because you could choose like uh, family friendly, I think classic or uh, like vegetarian. And they got all sorts of different dishes. And I decided to go with classic to try it out. And um, they gave me three uh, three uh, meals, I guess I should say. And it came in a huge box. Everything was nice and cold, nice and fresh. And uh, the three meals... I know this sounds like a commercial, and I guess it is, but I, I was also very excited, and I also try to talk about stuff in my life. Um, so then it's like three paper bags, and then each paper bag was uh, just a, a, a card with a recipe on, very easy to follow, and then all the ingredients you need for that particular recipe, uh, the protein, the spices, the vegetables. Um, one, of the, one of the recipes even had fruit. Um, it had kiwi or something. It was like some kind of pork kiwi, Hawaiian, spicy, sweet dish that was laid over rice. That was absolutely amazing. And then they had a, a special burger that I made that was just ridiculously good. And I didn't even put ketchup on the damn thing. It came with a, like a, like a tomato relish you, you make. And, uh, it was, it was just, I was so happy with it. HelloFresh.com slash 10 op promo code 10 op and it's the number 10 don't spell that shit out uh try it out for yourself and sorry for the uh the long commercial there the beach uh vincent scaramuzzo says is freezing today yeah it's a lot colder out here than i thought and my daughter's gonna ride the uh the dune buggy some of those tracks out there is my eight-year-old uh riding her dune buggy <laughs> which is nuts Considering the kid is scared of shit like that, ATVs and all that, hell nah. But I said, you know what? She's her own person and she wants a dune buggy, so she's got a dune buggy. I drove the dune buggy, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I can't oversell it. It's, it's a kid's dune buggy. It doesn't go that fast. Although I had to tell her to slow down a little bit. She was trying to make some uh, some uh, sharp turns. I'm like, nah, nah, nah. That's how you flip that shit. Did I ever tell you? Yes, Dad, you did. Your mini bike accident? Yes. The 40 or 50 stitches? 
Every time I tell that story, the, the stitch count gets higher, I think. But it was a lot. I remember they were stitching me up. And I felt like the severe pain in the top of my head. And I went, oh my God. And I put my two fingers in a massive gash that they didn't see yet. I'm like, what about this? And they're like, oh my God. And they stitched that up. I had a slice uh, through my nostril. I had a slice uh, above one of my eyes. And I had a giant gash in the top of my head. That's probably where I hit the, the rock and got some slight just a touch of brain damage just a touch and um, and then a lot of uh, a lot of uh, cuts that didn't need stitching uh, and I'm here to say the kid's face survived it wasn't too disfigured considering the fact thank God although I think sometimes when I'm tired one of my eyes gets a little droopy <laughs> Has a little droop to it. <laughs> Thank God I was born so good looking. I was able to uh, take a couple shots and still look okay. Thank God. Because if you look closely, if you see me uh, in some old videos where I, I might have had a few, where I, I might be tired, one of my eyes is a bit droopy at times. <laughs> I don't think it's droopy. I don't think it just ever healed properly. Well, that's still up for debate, Scott Heckelman. You son of a bitch. Where do you live? Are your eyes still getting uh, closer together? What does that mean? You think my eyes are too close together? Oh, my God. Now I'm going to stare at my eyes in the, in the mirror. You just made me self-conscious. Are, are my eyes too close together? Fuck. Guys, have a great day. Thank you so much. And uh, you guys mean a lot to me, you sons of bitches. I said it on the latest episode of the podcast. I'll say it here as I finish. Um, after Carl died and Vic died, I was done. I was done with radio. I was done with podcasting. I was pretty much saying to myself, fuck this. And uh, I was still sort of live streaming. I didn't know where the fuck to go. And... Um, and then all of a sudden, this live stream just took off, and I found a damn good group of people. Look at all the thumbs up. The thumbs up are for you guys as well. We're in this together, my friends. We have a lot of fun with this. And uh, through the Facebook Live, I, I felt like I started to reinvent myself. So I thank you today. No jokes, no shit. I'm just thanking you for real. All right. I, I can't wait for the day that uh, we actually figure out where to meet. And we uh, get together and go, oh, my God, that's what you look like. <laughs> when you're the public public eye, that's the weirdest thing, man. When all of a sudden someone walks up to you that you truly know as like a, a huge supporter of you. And, and they go, hi, I'm blah, blah. And you're like, oh, my God, that's what you look like. It's so weird. I think that would be weird for a lot of us if we finally got together and, uh, and had one big uh, party. Of course, uh, my first thought is get parts. Uh, we should do that. Maybe some of you guys would fly in for that. Maybe we could make it into something kind of cool. Make it into some kind of nice weekend thing. We, uh, we'll figure that out after we all start getting uh, vaccinated. But for real, guys, for fucking real, thank you so much for everything. I really, really appreciate it.
How do I end this after saying that? I don't know. What do I show the sun? Do I pan down the beach dramatically? Do I look at the birdies on the wall? I, I don't know how to end this after I said something nice like that. Fuck. Taking the dog for a quick walk. 2020 worst year ever. I don't know about that. Let me think worst year ever. Let me give you one year that was worse than 2020. I could do that. As long as this dog cooperates, but he's getting more and more adventurous. If he starts heading toward the dunes, I got to stop and chase him down. Uh, let's see. I would say worst year ever. Uh, sorry, I keep getting distracted because the dog's way off to the right. He's looking for dog pussy. Let's be honest with each other. Let's not beat around the bush. My dog's old enough where now he's peeing on everything. And he's obsessed with dog pussy. Or, yeah, I was going to say... <laughs> oh my, I thought I said that wrong. Then I was going to correct myself and, and say, I mean... Uh, female dog pussy. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but he's peeing on everything now. Fucking everything. My my poor neighbor, they got an older female dog. And my dog's all about it. Every time he sees her, he just loses his mind, wants to go outside, tries to get to her. He's doing some of that, like, uh, junior high school type humping. Not really getting anything done, but going through the motions. And my neighbor's dog is, how old? 12, 14 years old? This dog don't want any fucking dog dick. No doggy, no! Ugh. Might be able to get him back with a biscuit. Doggy! Yeah, there he is, peeing on more shit. There he comes. We get a biscuit out of the pocket so we can continue doing this. There you go. Knock it off. There's no dog pussy over there. Knock it off. For a year that was worse than 2020 for me, I would have to say would be 2003. Uh, first half of 2002, I was one of the biggest radio stars in the country. Yo, doggy! Yo, no! Come on! Syndicated all over the country. Number one all over the country. Making stupid money. Never went into radio to make money, but it happened, and holy shit, it was good. Life was good. And then we did the Sex for Sam. Got fired in uh, August of 2002. That's why 2002 wasn't that bad. 2002 was an amazing year. And even after we got fired, it was amazing because there was an, ex there was an excitement around our firing paparazzi camping outside my house in Huntington a house I was renting uh, just a lot of excitement and then everything settled down 2003 hit terrible year I never thought I'd go back to my career my girlfriend at the time was just a shit show she sucked that's why I never got married thank God or had kids with her thank God or bought a house with her thank God so no career No house, no dog, 
no kids. And mostly thinking, holy shit, I'm never going to work again. 2003 was a shit show, a terrible year for the kid. I would definitely say way worse than uh, 2020. I was a lost young man. I remember going to see Jim Brewer, who I was just talking to on the phone uh, yesterday, I think. <laughs> and I remember going to a Jim Brewer show somewhere in that 2003 year. And then 2004 actually was a great year when I met my wife so I went from a really really shitty year worse than 2020 to a damn good year with the 2004 but I remember during that time I went to a Jim Brewer show went backstage <laughs> he took one look at me and he's like dude are you all right I'm like yeah man I'm fine but see I wasn't really eating I wasn't doing drugs or any of that horseshit Out of weight because I was not hungry. I was, I was, uh, dare I say, ah, fuck it, we admit shit on this. I was definitely depressed. Thought my life was pretty much over. I go, yeah, I'm fine, man. But something about him saying, are you all right? Kind of snapped me out of it. And then I slowly, sure, but surely started getting my shit back together. Gary Krasinski, uh, happy uh, new year to you, brother. Doggy, we gotta turn around. Doggy! I only got two biscuits left. I gotta go all the way, almost as far as the eye could see, with two damn biscuits. Wish me luck. Two damn biscuits. This should be a game show. I got two biscuits in my pocket, which brings the dog back when you really need him back. But I have no leash. And my phone is now down to 5% uh, battery. Oh, boy. Come on, doggy. Just wanted to, you know, pop this on, say Happy New Year. Oh, that's great. The dog blends in with the dude. Doggy! What are you doing? There's no dog pussy. Although we found an app. We might breed this motherfucker. I breed this motherfucker. Get a litter of pups, about eight of them. Keep one, and then sell the rest of them uh, out of the back of a uh, uh, of my SUV in a CVS parking lot. Maybe even put them up on opradio.com. A little merch. Buy a puppy from the kid. All right, my phone's gonna die for real. This sucks. I thought I had more battery power. But I do got to get him home before this, uh...